Welcome to the Eating Cast. I'm Chris. And I'm Vincent. And today we're joined by a good friend, Nan. Welcome. Hi, how are you guys? I'm doing well. I'm sorry for not being well. It's been a long time. <laughs> I know. Since I've been back to Brazil. And for those that don't know, our viewers and listeners, Nan is co-owner with her sister of First Sip Cafe up in Uptown Chicago. Mm-hmm. They got bomb-ass ube latte. Oh my god! I li- every time I go there, that's literally all I order. Black Noir is also really good. Yes, that is a good one too. I so yes, that. listeners, go there, order some drinks, chill. Yes. They got Wi-Fi. <laughs> you can do your work there. They got a lot of Wi-Fi. Um, <laughs> and just quick reminder: not the table is not safe. <laughs> it's kind of loose. So okay. all right. So <clears throat> what we got today? For food. Oh, and before I even say anything about the food, happy Lunar New Year mm. to everyone that celebrates it. Happy Chinese New Year to the Chinese people, and happy Lunar New Year to everyone else. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. that's what that's the Vietnamese, the Cambodian, Korean, Korean, Japanese. Do they have French soda? Do they? Yeah. Japanese. Um. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah. And all of our Southern Asians. Let's celebrate it as well. All right. So. What we got? What we got today is some Thai food mm. from Yes Thai. Kind of in the... What would that be called? It's like outside of Uptown, but not too far. It's like... North or South? It's kind of by Argyle. Okay. It's water. Is it Edgewater? Yeah, Edgewater. Isn't yeah. it Edgewater? Right by Rose Hill Cemetery. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like Ravenswood. Yeah. Is it Ravenswood? It's Ravenswood. Not yes. Thai pastry. I was yes. thinking Thai pastry. No, not Thai pastry. That's <laughs> in uptown. Were they closed? I don't know. I didn't check that far. But I don't know why all the other local ones that I normally go to were closed today. Uh-huh. It's weird. It's a Sunday. I know. I'm like, why? Most Asian people are open. Oh, That's Asian what I think. Asian That's people, Asian restaurants. That's what I think. Is it the first day of the new year? No, it's it was just yesterday. Second day. Second day. Yeah. But they should still be open, I think. Mm-hmm. But anyways. We also got some nice drinks here. Yes, we do. Mm. First off, the food, though. We got some chicken satay right over here. There we go. With the lovely peanut sauce. It goes together with it. And then we got some crab rangoon, mm, and so I don't know good. why. I know they normally have cute, uh, cute not cucumber, papaya salad, but they didn't have any more. So I got cucumber salad. Hope that's okay. I'm still for it. You're still for it. <laughs> yes. I won't hold hold it against you. <laughs> and then right over here we got pangan curry. That's chicken, chicken pangan curry. And what do we got to drink today, guys? I know Nan, you brought these lovely treats, lovely sake. Yes, we have three types of sake. Yes. One is uh, dry Japanese sake, mm-hmm. and that's all I know about it. And <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> and then we got fifteen to sixteen percent. Oh. <laughs> and we got I don't know how to pronounce this tozai. Tozai. Snow maiden. Japanese premium sake. Premium. Ooh, premium. It's like good stuff. And then we have this one that really is, um, you wouldn't expect it, but it's in a little juice box called Lucky Dog Sake. Don't give it to your kids. It's not juice. It's not that chrysanthemum <laughs> juice box. It's also premium Japanese sake. It doesn't actually look like right? it. Right, right. Dude, this is... It's so cute, This though. is so, like, dangerous. Yes. Because like, a kid can grab it. It's, it's colorful. It's pretty. Yeah. A kid can grab that off the shelf and be like, oh, dad, I want this one. And the dad, if they're not, like, too confident in what and they're sake be- is. Or if they're already <laughs> buying brews, it, oh it won't be, like, a red flag. It'll be like, okay, fine, sure. Oh, my God. Right. That's true. That's crazy. But it's so cute. <clears throat> it's and it's such cute. a personal size. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is very personal. Yeah. And then we also got uh, Citadel, which is some dry gin. Really, really smooth stuff, guys. Guys, I'm turning red already. Yeah. Talking about uh, this stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm as red as the bull right now. Yeah. All right. Asian glow's coming out. Well, let's dig in. Yes. Let's do it. Go ahead and dig in. 
And so, I'm sorry to say this while we're eating, but Nan, tell us a little bit about yourself. What inspired you to be the woman that you are today? Mm, complete accident and dumb decisions. <laughs> and dumb decisions. No. Um, I don't know. I think I take a lot of inspiration from my parents as mm-hmm. much as I don't want to admit it and don't give them the credit that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, just because they work so hard and they came to a brand new country knowing absolutely nothing with nothing in their pocket and built everything for themselves and for their kids and never once complain about the entire process. And I think that's really amazing. And I think that's something that um, I lack in terms of like motivation mm. and in terms of drive. I don't, I don't think I could make the sacrifices that my parents make, you know? Mm. And then I think about, then I think of in a bigger network, my friends who provide me more of like the emotional and the mm. personal growth mm. that kind of goes along with that. Because I think a lot of people from like first generation, like immigrant kids, I think agree with like their parents kind of provide them with like the basics in terms of survival and like, you know, like, you know, like we work hard so that you could, you know, like be clothed and fed and right. then you could go to school. But then because they work so hard, then the emotional needs are neglected. And that's where like, I think a lot of our friends come into play to kind of help us with that and with like the personal growth sometimes they think that the emotional aspect of like humans should be jaded so that you can get things done Mm -hmm. yeah did but that's so true though it's like when you really think about it or i I mean i think about it all the time especially since my family is kind of like i feel like we're the same in the same situation in terms of like your family my family over from asia with really nothing to their name Mm -hmm. and then they created something for us to kind of like ride off on Mm -hmm. but because they're so driven and focused on just trying to support us you know as we were growing up Mm -hmm. they really were not there like emotionally or mentally to really give care to us and that really sucks and I feel like that's a big reason why a big reason why actually like you know our circles are so big. Yeah. Just because, like, we needed that reassurance from our friends to, like, really give us that care, that compassion, right? That kind of understanding. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where it came from. It's the craziest thing to really think about the importance of friends friends and friendship in our eyes. Because, like, we use that as kind of, like, an emotional base or a pillar in our lives to really help drive us forward where our parents could not. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy, because all I got from at home was like, "Oh, you didn't do good. At, you didn't do good. <laughs> slap. Slap. You got bad grades. Slap. You did this. Slap. Oh, my hands sore now. I might as well grab a broom. <laughs> <laughs> no, that happened. That happened. Yeah. Um, not a broom, but I got a lot of uh, those metal wire coat Ooh, hangers. Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of those. Or when when they get tired of it, then they do their emotional get- like. Oh yeah, yeah the our parents you. like oh the guilt trip, the, the guilt trip, like, the guilt. Oh my god! It's like god. we work twelve hour plus days, and you do seven this to days us. a week, and you do this to us. Oh, all we ask is for you to care about us, no, respect yeah, 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 our yeah, yeah, name yeah, yeah. and our family, and not act out. And you're you're kind of like sitting there, you're like you're right. Yeah, yeah. But then you're also like a dumb kid, so you're just mm-hmm. gonna continue making dumb decisions. You, and, you know what hurts is like when um, your parents call you stupid or like oh my God. like useless in, in the native language it hurts more because it, <laughs> it means it's deeper it's like yeah they call you stupid but it's like brain dead stupid <laughs> if like you translate it completely no it, it honestly cuts it's like you have cuts in your skin right from like paper cuts and then you just dunk that arm right into like a tub of alcohol that's what it feels like yeah that's what I've heard well, I think because our language is so, like both Chinese and Vietnamese is so formal that we understand that when our parents use a certain word to like, if we did the direct yeah. like translation, it won't sound so bad in English, but to like, for a child to hear from their parents in like Chinese or Vietnamese, it just sounds so much worse. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. 
and because and you know that they mean it and <laughs> and you know that like deep down that their intentions are good whether or not you agree with it yeah. but it's just more this, of the fact is, that like this is fucked you know the fact that they, they do work really hard mm-hmm. yeah to make your life good and now you're kind of like doing stuff behind their back or you're drinking as a kid and you're like well this is what all the other kids are doing right right exactly <laughs> oh my god oh. cheers to um cheers to getting beat cheers to getting beat by our parents Woo! I've never been beat my older siblings did and I think by the time my parents aka my dad got to like me I think he was just over and tired of just like okay mm-hmm. like five kids like god damn it <laughs> we'll drink to that though we'll drink to that we'll drink to that Mm. That I like smooth. that one. Yeah, that one's good. That one's good. I like that a lot. Yeah. This is also kind of good. Kind of good. Big <laughs> word. So that talk. one's good in the shower. So now I'm I'm curious <laughs> in the shower because it's so light. <laughs> That's true. Oh my god. Are you telling me something, Shadan? That you should you take drink in this shower? in the shower. Have you not seen the commercials for shower beers? Yeah, I've seen. Wait, there's that. shower beers. Well, it's just more of like when people bring a beer into the shower to just kind of like have a good time. <laughs> like when they like... I have not. I have not. Literally, oh, you're missing out, dude. Yeah. Like literally, I was work- I was working with Connor. And he was well, like, yeah, yesterday I just had a shower beer. And I'm like, the fuck is a shower beer? And he's like, oh, I just brought a beer and well, I'll shower. Is that what inspired you to like have that gin and tonic in that freaking bathtub? Oh, last day? night? Yeah, I was in the bath. Dude, okay. I had a oh long my day. My Saturdays are so long. And so, you know, I was going home and I was like, I need to unwind. You know, those like Mm -hmm. girls who do it with red wine. (laughs) They like sit there. That was me. That was me with my gin and tonic. That's so funny. man. Yeah. Hilarious. I had to. Sometimes. Sometimes you need a good drink, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, That's not happened to me yet. So tell us a little bit about your, your coffee shop, your cafe. Yeah. So we're coffee shop on Argyle Street. Just a block or two east of the Red Line Station. Just one block. Um, one and a half, thank you. <laughs> it's just one. Because it's, re- it's really like in the middle of the block anyways. True, so and it's, it's a small. Yeah. It's small. Um, so yeah. And, um, and we opened it two years ago on a very dumb decision because we're not knowledgeable and... <laughs> The industry or space, nor do we have the finances. Don't do it, kids. And, <laughs> don't do it, kids. <laughs> um, Not, don't do drugs. <laughs> don't open a business. Well, you have no <laughs> savings. FYI, just finance 101. Uh, but two years later, we're still here. So. Oh, really good <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so two years later, we're still here. Um, and uh, we... We do a lot of just your basic lattes and teas, and then we also try more interesting flavors. Like we have like an ube flavor, which is a sweet purple yam. It's really good, mm-hmm. really really good. It's really good. Um, and then we also have interesting teas that we have like tea lemonade with jalapeno slices and tamarind, and that one's really good too. Um, so we try to play with our different flavors, and then we also take inspiration from our customers a lot too. Uh, so it's kind of what goes into the menu is either based off of something that we personally really like or it's something that's been suggested by a customer. And we're like, yes, that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. Do, do you guys have the charcoal drink on the menu or is that just... Yes, we do. Ooh. And it's its own section. It's our Nora Sips, which is um, black tea and charcoal powder uh, as a latte. So there's milk in it. And then we have the different... Uh, flavors that we have it so we have the ube one which is really good and then we have the pearl noir which is coconut and jasmine flavor and mm. it's it's just the best thing ever it's so good you know you know in every like tribal village there's that like shaman or like a mag- <laughs> like a like a witch doctor literally literally Are you comparing I'm, not to a witch doctor right now <laughs> yeah yeah like oh not in gg so like um, we were, I, I was very hungover one, one weekend, so I came <laughs> over, I came over to the shop, and they were like, you know what you need? You need this charcoal powder mm-hmm. drink, it's a great hangover here. I drank it, and I was like, oh shit, that worked pretty fast. <laughs> like, I felt pretty good to, like, continue doing my thing, which was drink with my friends later. <laughs> no, I, no. I mean, I, I, yeah, no, like, there were times where, so I would have, like, um, back at the, my prior job, I would have, like, 
double shifts every now and then. Mm, I remember that. And I would... And you had the worst hours, too. Yeah, I had the worst you hours. Really, really bad. It still do, though. <laughs> it's way better now. But no, yeah, I would have, like, really bad hours. And I would also help out the restaurant. Mm. And then I would stop by <laughs> the cafe. Yes. Right before I go back. And I don't know why or I don't know how, but I would always get pressured into taking shots. And for those who don't know, oh, yeah. the first sip is, um, yes, it's a very friendly and very alcohol-focused place. Okay, we're not- but it's awesome. It's a really friendly It's atmosphere. very welcoming, yeah. Yeah. So, part of it, it's it's not even intentional. We don't even drink that much as, as opposed to, like, how we come across. But a lot of it is because, one, um, I kind of just like the reactions of um, people when you ask them to do a shot because they're just, like, very caught off guard of it, for, especially from a coffee shop. And us, a lot of times it's earlier in the day, mm-hmm. so it's, like, not a time where you typically are expected to drink. But the way I see it, it's just, like, time is all relative. Like, so it's just, like, it just depends on, like, the total average of a day, okay? Like <laughs> The total average of the day. I've been up for 12 hours. Time for a shot. That's the way I see it. She's no, like, I, I agree, though. I agree. Cause not like, only are they shocked that we're drinking, but you would pr- pull out the gigantic <laughs> Grey Goose, and, you know, that's just scary. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I, would, I would literally buy bottles that, like, when I left the restaurant after helping out for, like, a few hours, uh-huh. I would just go over to the, what's that? The liquor store. Foremost? Next door. Yeah, foremost. Mm-hmm. And I would just buy, like, a bottle of gin. And I would do like, a big-ass bottle, and I would just walk in there nonchalantly and just put it on the, on the <laughs> countertop. Some sapphire? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so great. It was wild. And then it's like, shots? I'm like, I mean, I brought the bottle, so, so I guess yes. I have to. <laughs> okay. And then I would, I would go to work right after. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay, as a disclaimer <laughs> for our business, mm. we only give shots to people who who cons- have consent and are 21 We don't up. force anyone. We don't force anyone. And we're very respectful of people who do not drink or... Mm-hmm. Whether it's, like, a personal thing or it's just, like, that one day we are very respectful of that and we don't peer pressure anyone. But if you look like you want a drink, then I might push back a little. And that's that's just okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you, but, yeah. You never just push back a little for me. You're just, like, not, you, just, you give me no choice. Okay, but I've known you so well. I've known you for, like, I was thinking about it and I know you for, I want to say 15 years. More than that. Wait, were you younger than him in high school? I'm a year younger than Chris, and then I've known Chris since at least sophomore year of high wow. school. And that was 2008? That was 2008. Damn. So, so okay, 12, 11 years. This is 11, no. Oh, 12, yeah. It's 2020 now. Yes. Yeah, 12, 13 years. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. <laughs> I feel old. Oh man! You are old. I mean, I mean, yeah, I am. I'm pretty old, but that's crazy. So actually, like, what? This is, I've been actually like kind of wondering this since, like, when you were struggling with your contract and you're asking me if I knew a contract or anything like yeah. that. What inspired you to like say, screw it, and open up a cafe with your sister? Because I know you were, you went to DePaul, mm-hmm. was it for business? Yeah, I went yeah. there for business for undergrad. Yeah. And then at the time frame where I, right before um, opening the shop, I was mm-hmm. also um, at DePaul for grad school. Mm-hmm. So then, what basically what happened was that that space was planning to, there was someone who was planning to open a, a Vimy's vegan shop. Oh. in that space uh, right before um, we were and then they were struggling with the recipes and because you know vegan Vimy's food it's is really hard it's hard because we use fish sauce and everything and it's so good and it's kind of hard not to go back to that yeah um, and people don't realize that um, so yeah so then I was just kind of like hey I noticed this area is changing you have a different demographic and this area is so close to the train station and so close to the lake. Why is there not a coffee shop here already? 
there should be a coffee shop here. Mm-hmm. And I that was kind of my suggestion, not even to like open a coffee shop myself, but for the other person, like, hey, it's an open a vegan restaurant, mm-hmm. open a, a coffee shop. And they're like, well, I don't know. And <clears throat> the space ended up being open. Mm-hmm. And then, so then me and my sister Gigi, who's my partner, we both have always independently thought about running a coffee shop as we're older, when we're like probably like in our 40s, you know, kind of like, you know, like as like a kind a side of side hustle, like a side hustle. We're only there a couple of days in a week, you know, mm-hmm. and we so we've always thought about that. We've always been fascinated with that idea or the concept of a coffee shop. And then we kind of looked at each other and was like, I'll do it if you do it, because I think we both weren't confident confident mm-hmm. enough in ourselves and the business idea for the coffee shop at the time yeah. to really do it ourselves and then oh. and because we didn't have any savings or any money that also meant that we didn't have any kind of fundings and mm. we were also way too self-conscious and not confident in ourselves and the idea of like because everyone we talked to like almost had like a negative reaction even if they try to hide it you could tell like it was an almost it was an immediate excitement um so you know we didn't we couldn't even go around asking people for investments because we were too scared of like what happens if in two years we're out of business we can't repay them and like yes there is a risk when you enter in any kind of business investment And, you know, buyer beware, but we couldn't go on it with, like, good conscience. And, like, there are, there were people that, like, offered to, like, you know, like, loan us money or whatever, and we just couldn't do it. So then we end up maxing out our credit cards. <laughs> because in our mind, we would rather owe money to credit card companies than someone we actually knew. Mm-hmm. And someone we actually knew that, like, spend a lot of time to like save up that money it's not like it doesn't come from nowhere so Mm -hmm. it's just so that was crazy for us and i think a lot of it is because we were ignorant and a little bit of ignorant is bliss and we didn't realize how hard it was gonna be and you know how many coffee cups you have to sell to make a profit in a day you know so there's also those things how would you if you don't mind me asking how do you think it's going now I think it's going really well. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been growing steadily for the past few years. Um, and we've been very adaptive in terms of what we do and our customer base. Mm-hmm. Like, one time we had a customer who was just like, approached me and was like, hey, can I pay you money to cut off a piece of your plant so then I could propagate it for later and then plant it myself? myself? And I was just like, I mean, you sure you could do it for free i don't really care too much so then we created a whole event around it of like hey like you know like come here and we have plants that we were just gonna give out anyways that's what i saw yeah because you post that a lot yeah so then and then also recently us like me and Gigi and a customer was talking and we're talking about you know like wanting to donate our clothes or furniture and then all that stuff so now we're thinking about like doing a swap meet and then having Mm. everyone to do like kind of like a spring cleaning and just Mm. giving each other clothes before we go to donation and because that's something that we're all doing already so why not kind of bring everyone together yeah Mm -hmm. the community yeah and like meet other people who's already doing the same thing who's already interested in the same stuff that you are so yeah so we're very excited so, so being a business owner in that community, how what is your perspective on the community? Because like on the outside, right? So I don't have a business, obviously. But like when I look inside, you know, it seems everyone's close knit and everyone looks out for each other. Mm-hmm. How would you? Yeah. So describe your perspective as a business owner. I think it's really interesting because um, I think what's interesting about our guys is we kind of have we have two communities. We have kind of like the actual Asian immigrants who's there who only speaks who recently came or still only speaks their mother tongue their language mm-hmm. their native tongue whether it's Chinese or Vietnamese predominantly in Arga mm-hmm. and then we also have so there's that population and then we also have the population that is um, a lot of college students and young working professionals who are there because of like you know just being so close to the train station the lake and you know like the more affordable rent prices and all that stuff so for us we we 
our demographic is tends to be more of the college students and are the young professionals. Um, I think our coffee shop is a little bit foreign in terms of a concept and idea for mm-hmm. the immigrants here, and especially because uh, for the longest time we didn't carry Vietnamese coffee and all that stuff. So it's just it's a different environment. The menus in English, and I think that's still kind of like makes them more hesitant or subconscious mm-hmm. about attending uh, or you know coming into our space. So I think those are the two different ones, and I kind of look at them differently. For us, when we think about the college students and the young professionals, those are like our customer base and our those are our core demographics. But then when I think of the immigrants, I think of more of our more of my parents. So mm-hmm. not so much as my demographics, but more of the rest of the community members in that space yeah. that doesn't have a strong voice because a lot of these meetings, these community meetings, whether it's about, you know, like the CTA, you know, reconstruction or, you know, just about new businesses or um, that's happening, it's all in English. And, you know, people like my parents are not going to be there because, one, they can't understand it. And, two, they don't feel like their input is actually of value. We've actually had a talk about this. Yeah. uh, A few months back, actually. Because, like, we were talking about how the community itself were like <clears throat> not really representative because we're talking about these um is that like the council meetings or the um or the chamber of commerce and everything like that mm-hmm. it's like the community that actually works and actually has businesses there they don't really show up for these meetings yeah which is really shocking right because like they're the main driving factor of that neighborhood right their input does matter yeah, but then like when you don't ha- when you feel like your voice doesn't matter, it's just really sad that like people feel that way, and because of that, we're getting a lot of other investors and real estate prop- uh, brokers that are coming into the neighborhood that are establishing their own dominance and like their own buildings, right? Like for instance, yeah. the one commercial building or the office building that was across the street from like Sun Law for the longest time in Broadway was like empty and was just mm-hmm. bought out by a large real estate uh, developer oh, yeah. and now the it's flats. turning into the flats and <clears throat> it's really changing the demographic of the neighborhood which mm-hmm. is scary you know because mm-hmm. like as a kid you me and probably you too Vince but like I remember just like growing up and just our parents like going out to the restaurant or like you know your your cafe your parents cafe mm-hmm. it's like as long as you're in Argyle your parent like everyone in that neighborhood knew who you were and they knew they knew whose kids you were yeah and it, it didn't matter if you went out and just played at another shop with the other kids mm-hmm. they knew who you which um, you know which restaurant you belong to or which um, business you belong to and it was really easy to get you back to your parents. And nowadays, it's like, as a kid, that doesn't happen as much anymore, which is really sad. Yeah. Damn. I miss those days. Dude, that just made me sad. <laughs> no, yeah, because, like, literally, it's... You'll run over to, like, the, um... Let's just say, like, uh, Via Wa, right? The grocery store right there. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be playing with their kids, like, the owner's kids. And mm-hmm. then it's, like, just messing around around messing around the neighborhood and then you come back hang out have some water like maybe a snack and then just continue on your day and that was just how it was oh or like even the youth groups there mm-hmm. you know everyone hangs yeah. out yeah. like CMA VA Southeast Asia Center and even just the other local community ones it's funny because I've been to all three that's crazy like as a student it's not that crazy I actually like grew up without any of those I went to probably one event for each one of those until my parents were <laughs> like, nope. I hate it so much that I stopped. And so they never forced me to go again. That's which so I think I I regret because I think I would have been connected to a lot more of kids from the community. But I was always, and I was just so isolated. I just yeah. didn't know how much. Like, and I think our community was always strong. But the thing is, my parents never forced me in those organizations. And I always said no yeah. myself. So then I never realized how strong of a community we could have been, mm-hmm. you know? I definitely agree. And it, I also do feel like, though these organizations are still around, I don't feel like the 
community is as strong as it used to be no. nowadays. Right? Because, like, yeah, there's still kids going there. Um, yeah, there's still, like, immigrants going to, uh, going to these organizations and just kind of trying to learn how to work within our society, yeah. right? The American society. And that's awesome, right? But if you really think about it, right? Like, back in the day, you have, like, 30, maybe 40 kids in each organization or maybe even more. Even more, yeah. You know, of all varying ranges. And then the the mentors or like the kids that were from high school that came over to teach, they were also from the neighborhood. And it's like... Everyone was literally one giant family. Yeah, dude. It was freaking crazy. Like looking back at it. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Because actually, me and Gigi have been thinking about this a lot. So we want you guys' input in terms mm-hmm. of, like, do you think this is, like, something, a trend that Asian people do? Is that, um... We're going to get everyone's input now. Yes. <laughs> um, so what happens is that, um, like, any kind of, like, Asian immigrants who comes to the U.S. Mm-hmm. with, like, the pursuit of the American dream... And everyone is. Um, pretty much is like, thinking of Ariana as an example, is like, they move, they they, they they come to the U- Chicago and the U.S. for the first time. Yeah. So they live in a neighborhood like Ariana, who is, which is predominantly, you know, immigrant focused. So, you know, if you go to another restaurant, they're more likely to speak your language than they are English. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with the grocery store. So it's very familiar. It's easy to ask around. And, and there's also, like, you know, non organizations that can help you with, like, legal paperwork and all that stuff. So for for us immigrants, when we come, that's, like, our first area of destination of where we choose to live. And then the thing is, is that once we have jobs and once we start working, and the thing is, like, our parents bust our ass off. And they are just so... Amazing because they could work 12, 14 hours days, six, seven days a week with no complaint. And like, and you, th- and they always almost make it so easy. Like, you could tell that, like, yes, they are tired, but they aren't like sad or depressed. They're, they're just, not. it's so they're weird. Content. Yes, they're, they're content. content with their life because they're, they, I feel like they're, their mission is being fulfilled. Yeah. Right. Their passions are being fulfilled. But they're being fulfilled in like, you know, like working six, seven days a week for very long hours. And then afterwards, once they have, once they save enough money, then they buy a house or a condo, preferably in like the northern or or western Mm -hmm. areas of Chicago or in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, especially Americans, forget that like, Asian immigrants, like everyone else, came to the came to the U.S. in pursuit of the American dream. And part of that American dream is buying a home in the suburb and living in that suburban lifestyle with, you know, kids and, you know, a dog and all that stuff. White picket fences. Yes, white picket fences. And people forget about that. And people think that part of it is to attribute to the rent costs, but they also forget that, like, it's also in pursuit of the American dream. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so, like, our parents would buy houses in, you know, like, the more residential parts of Chicago yeah. or in the suburbs. And then, so we're so we're living there. And then people think of, like, why we're leaving the area. But that's, we're leaving the area in pursuit of the American dream. Yeah. Uh, um, are you guys being questioned by people in that community? Yeah. Is that what it is? So we're being questioned or people are not, I think people have a misunderstanding of why Asian Americans... In particular, our parents' generation, like the first ones who came here as adults and worked their ass off as adults uh, and raised their kids, of why they're leaving mm-hmm. the city. And it's, and people are, I think, forgetting the obvious of like they're still pursuing the American dream. Yeah. So, like, I guess, yeah, to answer that question, right? It's like they are leaving the area, but let's say you're one of those business owners, right? That's type of your business there. Regardless of where you move, you always come back because you have ties there, right? Your business 
created friendships. It's created bonds with like your neighbors and your other um, business owners in the neighborhood. Because you really think about it, even though these people, these individuals, they don't go to like, you know, the city council meetings or the um, chamber of commerce meetings Mm -hmm. to really make a voice for themselves as a community they still communicate their thoughts and their opinions with each other, mm-hmm. which is what drove and which is what still drives like Argyle today. Yeah. Right. These It's these little business owners that they still intermingle. They still talk to each other. They still kind of like mm-hmm. want to figure things out. Right. They still want to work together and move forward and hopefully everyone be happy so at if- the end of the day. But for me, it's like when... Just because someone in the area moves out doesn't necessarily mean that they're no longer in the neighborhood. Mm. Yeah, there's I, always a tie back. Yeah, yeah, and I think like especially like you know like when we get older, we get drawn back into the community because exactly. we have a sense of like this is home or like that's you know, what like, we feel. Now. Oh, familiarity yeah. of like I think if you ask me like you know four years ago would I be on Arga? I'd be like probably not, no. absolutely not. But now that I'm a little bit older and have a little bit more respect for my culture and what my parents have done and the hard work that they've put yeah. in, it make, it drives you back to that area and time frame. It also makes you think about like the other people who's also g- going through the same process mm-hmm. as you did, you know, like five, ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then you also think about, you know, like your nieces and nephews who, you know, like also went through the same things that you have gone through of like you know like parents working so hard and you're just like okay yeah. how can i look out for them you know that's true that's true Yo, let's, Shots? Let's, yeah. <laughs> cheers to cheers hard-working, to hard-working and community-based yes our parents that we don't always fully acknowledge <laughs> i i acknowledge them it's just we don't necessarily communicate on the same level so yes. correct correct me if i'm wrong so <clears throat> my grandparents and my parents used to own a buffet um, and the reason why they moved out of that area was because, you know, there is a lot of bullshit that goes on in those kinds of businesses. A lot of bullshit. I mean, there's always shade no matter what, no matter where you go. There's right. gotta and, be shade. Right. And they move out because they just want to be away from it. You know, like the yeah. chaos. They just want to take a breather and, you know, just take care of it the next morning. Yeah. Right. So would you agree or disagree? On like the whole moving out of that just like area just and like starting a business elsewhere or not not starting a business elsewhere just like you know leaving like living elsewhere but your business still stays obviously yeah but just like taking a step away from bullshit yeah it's like you know you you don't you don't, you don't fucking shit where you eat right <laughs> so it's like unless I mean, you're in a rush unless you're in a rush <laughs> you know you just got pull up a toilet or one of those like little porta potties pull toilet <laughs> nice yeah do those um <laughs> did you ever use those as a kid no what the no. fuck no you know, the training ones yeah those training ones oh you, I'm dead I'm yeah. not bringing it in a whole like freaking toilet <laughs> just oh keep God. it yeah <laughs> Alright, so, on to another topic because so, this is going to make me... No, 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 no. It's a good segue. Oh, so, so uh, with your business, have you dealt with any shady shit? Um, I don't want to buy you out. Ooh. Mm. Ooh, sorry. No, <laughs> I jumped the gun. Uh, we haven't done with anyone trying to buy us out, unfortunately. <laughs> I think that would be like, that for like me, a- it's just like an indicator. It would just be a go indicator of like, okay, we're on the right track if someone's trying to buy us out. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that we would, but it's just like more of like, okay, someone believes in so much that they're willing to pay top dollar for it. Yeah. Um, but I think... I think there's a lot of negativity that comes with opening your own business, and I think... Those are some hefty shots in there. You're welcome. Um, I I think um, Americans and Asian Americans look at owning your own business very differently. I think Asian Americans tend to kind of look down on on it a little bit in the sense of, like... Because opening your own business, especially when it's, like, a coffee shop, a bar, a restaurant, like, you know, like, the hospitality field is like you don't need a degree so for them it's just like that's easy anyone with money can do that right Right. like so for asian americans i don't think they see the hard work and like the effort that goes into that especially if you don't have money yeah um and i think i think americans tend to appreciate the risks that is associated with that a little bit more where i think 
in particular Vietnamese people, I think a lot of them were doubtful of us when we had the idea and then when, when we had first opened up. Because yeah. if you think about it, if you're paying rent every single day, realistically, just think about the math. How many coffees, cups do you sell in a day to pay off your rent and utilities? And so you're just basic requirements. And then also to make a profit on top of it. It, if you do the so math, it adds a lot. lot. And, yeah. like, it, it, it's, a lot. It's, it's a little bit scary. So there's, like, a risk of, like, is that even worthwhile? And I think Asian Americans are a little bit more practical. And we don't always pursue our dreams just because they're dreams. I think we also pursue it if it's, there's also some kind of, like, basic logic of, like, okay, yeah. is this sustainable or not? Right. And, I think is it profitable? Me, is it safe? Is it good for you and the community or whatever? Right. And I think me and my sister were a, a little bit dumb and oblivious. I feel like that. we were just ambitious. I wouldn't you say took dumb. a leap. You took yeah. a leap. I mean, most people walk, but remember, Mergen, Mergen was on. He was like, "You gotta yeah. take a leap sometimes. You gotta make that jump." And then surprisingly, my parents are actually the reason for it. Even though they're actually against the idea of us opening a coffee shop, because once. You don't think we should open a business because that's a lot of work. And then they know that a coffee shop, like a cup of coffee is like what, five bucks. Five bucks. So then how many coffees do you have to sell in a day? So so they know the math behind it and they're a little bit more realistic about that. But I think I take inspiration from them because they came to the U.S. not knowing the culture, not knowing the language, with like maybe like $50 in their pocket with five kids that they have to raise and they're all under 18 and then they all came here in their late 30s early 40s and they survived and they raised their kids and were fine and were thriving so then i kind of took it as inspiration of like if my parents could do it with no knowledge of the culture or language and still survive and thrive then there's no reason for me to not be able to do it so i've always been a little torn about this but it's like as much as we respect our parents for their grind and hustle, it's like, at what point do you draw it? Because sometimes, or a lot of times, Asian parents will guilt trip you. You know, like you said, like... No, they always guilt trip. Right, we were... So, <laughs> you laugh sometimes, they always <laughs> Yeah, so it's like... Every conversation In, in a sense, trip. that's like toxic, you know? Like... It's... To- so my thoughts on this, right, especially, especially dealing with my own family situation, is like... I take their guilt trips nowadays with a grain of salt because I understand that the reason they guilt trip me and the reason why they do the shit they do is because they came here from either a war-torn country, either from just starvation, a famine, right, in a different country, and they where they witness, you know, their friends, family, right, relatives just dying from hunger or starvation or even being pulled into like guerrilla military forces right or stuff like that and then dying and it's just like they don't know any better in reality of the things right because they lived their entire life trying to survive and that's all they know if you really think about it basic necessities of life and like that we see now that's like a luxury right like heating cooling a washing machine freaking a, a it's like these are all luxuries that they still to this day can probably live without and it's like they wouldn't bat an eye at it mm-hmm. and because of that right they have this mentality on life it's like they don't guilt trip you because they want to they guilt trip you because that's the only thing they know right because like they threw away their experiences or their chance of experiencing life for themselves to potentially have it live off through you yeah you know you know because i would travel sometimes you know like i would go on these vacation trips and my mom would be like i don't like even i can't even travel and you and you can and like i'm like yeah but it's like sorry like you know i know that's the thing though that's why it hurts because it's like fuck my even my parents aren't traveling but i have the luxury and privilege to travel yeah that's (sighs) where like you know that's why i kind of feel for them and it's like i just take their guilt trips for what it is and understand that regardless if you do whatever you do even if it's against what they want it's like you just do it because it's 
for you. It's for you. At and the, regardless of their opinions, they're still going to see it through and they're still going to like care for you no matter you. what. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I'm sure they'll be happy that you're fulfilling your life and yeah. you're happy and you're doing your thing and in exactly. a sense you're successful exactly. in your own way. And I'm sure, I'm sure they, I'm sure they'll get that. Exactly. Or they just want freaking grandkids and then that's it. Oh yeah, that's another thing. <laughs> Oh gosh. Okay. Shots. Uh, shots to um. I'm not ready for this. I feel the Asian glow. I'm just like. You serious? You I can't am? feel the Asian glow. I physically have Asian glow. All right, and shots. Shots to hardworking parents. <laughs> right? Hardworking parents. Ooh, I forgot how bad that is. Ah. Uh, Was well, gin. But without a chaser. Ah uh, yeah. Throw back to when we were drinking at your parties, man. At first sip. I mean, yeah. wait, wait. How do we? How do we make it last time? Or when we were at first sip, we used to mix it with like lavender, right? Yeah, you used to mix it with syrup. I was that hoping was you it. would bring some for the syrup. She wasn't there today, man. Oh, I brought really? sake. Mm. I figured that would be festive enough. That's true. That's true. Yes, yeah, very festive. for the New Year's, you know. Okay, sorry so- guys. Mm-hmm. Coming to the Argyle Lunar New Year's Parade. Argyle Lunar New Year Parade is starting on September. Not September. What the hell? I am drunk, guys! <laughs> I almost agree with you there. Yeah. Uh, Saturday. I meant to say Saturday, not September. <laughs> Saturday, February 1st. Yes. Festivities start at 12 noon. Parade starts at 1 sharp. Yeah. And then when I say 1 sharp... It's Asian time, so um probably like closer to one thirty. No, 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 no. This one is serious. Oh, oh, it's serious this time. Okay. Yes, you have to be there at one because the parade is very short. It's a spa community oh, parade. Oh, it's short now. Yes, it's a it's a small community parade, and it's yeah. very cute. Uh, but it just starts at one sharp, and if you're late, you'll probably miss a parade. So get there at like twelve thirty or twelve forty-five. <laughs> All right. Damn, I won't be there. I'm gonna be working till four. I'm gonna jet out early, because yeah. I actually have a what's called a a new hire working. Oh, nice. So it's like I need to jet early. Mm. You mind holding down the fort for the next? Two but aren't you guys doing? Um, isn't Honky doing fireworks at nine a.m.? Are we doing it at nine a.m.? I think yes. I think that that's what your flyers have been saying. Nine a.m. <laughs> like the traditional 10. firecrackers. The yeah. Thing I yeah, the Chinese ones too. Oh, I'm so excited for it! It's gonna be great. I don't think I've actually seen one ever in my life. What? Yeah, I'm. I'm serious, dude. Argyle have you had, as a kid, to Argyle dude, Chinatown? Oh well, I was young. I was really young. I don't remember it. Dude, I would. I would be the, that kid that would run up and down the street collecting the uncracked firecrackers and lighting them in my hand and throwing it <laughs> like a dumbass. <laughs> You, you don't do that by the way kids don't light firecrackers in your hand and then throw it that just goes back to also the first episode of this season with Charlie Glitch don't throw M80s at people exactly <laughs> don't throw M80s at people I, I stand by those statements um, so, so how long how long is the parade till 2 uh, I mean, it's, it's probably going, like they're going to all 15 the minutes oh what that's so short. No, because like it's just going down the block. Yeah. And then going to each restaurant, right? Well... The line thing? The line dances, the restaurants have to pay for. Yeah. Uh, they have to tip They have them. to pay for a line to come in their place? Yes, you yeah, have to tip them. That's what the Lysiphonia is, dude. Don't you ever see the freaking the shop owners hand off that big-ass piece of cabbage? No. Yeah. Or like the big red envelope. It's for the line dancers. It's tip them because they're, they're mostly... Yeah kid who's learning like kung fu or karate or whatever and um so it's kind of like to tip them on like festivities of like that makes sense yeah but i don't know about a cabbage is a cabbage a yeah like the the lion they'll eat the cabbage or or lettuce no lettuce not cabbage fuck we we haven't done that (laughs) it's been a while it's been a while yeah but yeah like they would throw it or they would open their mouth and they would eat the cabbage or lettuce whatever and then inside they'll rip it apart and then they'll spit it back out. Yeah. And then there's like the... And there's supposed to be the red envelopes inside of it. With or, money to yeah. tip like all the kids and whoever participates. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I think they all pool it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. It's so a pretty it's big thing. Yeah. But it's really sad though. Like, because now that you mention it, or now that you mention it, it's only 15 minutes. It's like, it reminds me of the good old days when it would literally be like... An hour, two hours, just for 
the four, three, four blocks that makes up Argyle, yeah, it would take a long ass time. Do they they used to block off, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Broadway, they'll still block off now, but the parade, like, because we only have like ten floats or less, um, it goes by so quick. Mm-hmm. So like if you are like if you're late you'll miss it. Yeah. But and then all the firecrackers happens before the parade. So you have to get there earlier too. Do they still pass out like VC to everyone else? No, not as much. Oh that's only if you know the people. Yeah. Because mm. as a kid and like you know, I always got family yeah, it's like the run of the family. It's like I would always be going around and all the store owners would be like, oh, hey, uh, or like, so they would, they would be like, you know, here's the hey, cash register. son, uh, come over here. Yeah. I got some red envelopes for you. <laughs> and then, you know, you say the traditional, uh, yes, yes. And then that's like just saying thank you, um, uncle. I always Everyone's feel so weird about it because I feel like I'm straight up begging and you kind of are as a kid. Well, I mean, like, what? Wh- but, like, I would just feel so awkward. Yeah, it's really weird to receive envelopes from just people that you don't really know. I mean, you know them because they're, your family knows them, but you don't personally know them. It's yeah, a little it's, weird, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, the thing is, and the thing is, the trick is that if you give the money for your mom to, like, watch it, you're never going to get it oh, back. Oh, yeah, no, they keep it for themselves. <laughs> Say goodbye. Yeah. Say goodbye. No, 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 no. You know what they say? You know what I heard? Like, they say, oh, yeah, you you know, this all, all this money is going to go to, it's going to, for your future. Right? <laughs> My and, ass. and then they don't tell you that, oh, yeah, this shit is all going to your freaking college fund. You know? And you're like, oh, that's where my money went. No, not even that. My parents were like, I would give my mommy, my money to my mom to watch because I wouldn't trust myself. And, like, I remember one year I asked her about it later, and she's like, where do you think I got all those jewelry for you? Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's just more of, like, where do you think I spent the money on you? I pampered the hell out of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, your mom saying. But, no, yeah, I remember, like, I would... So my... Here's the thing. It's a little weird. My dad... I would I would have, like, a piggy bank. Those old China... Like, those old Asian ones. Do those those giant those? ones, right? The golden ones? I don't know. No, I had, like, a freaking blue one and a white one. But, like... Oh, so, the ceramic ones. Yeah, the ceramic ones. So yes. my dad would literally make me put everything in there. And I said, okay, I put all the money in here. And he was like, yeah, it's going to go somewhere safe. It's going to go somewhere good. We move houses. I never saw that pig again. I got <laughs> they probably used it to pay for the new haul. <laughs> no, they probably used it to pay for the down payment on their house. <laughs> and then the other one. Um, we were living in the house already for like maybe two, three years. And so I've collected X amount of dollars. I don't know how much money into that freaking, uh, call it, into that piggy. And then, yeah, I think like two, three years after that, our house got broken into. Mm. And they literally stole the pig. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? You will never see that, those pigs ever No, again. I never saw that pig ever again, dude. And then I got a new one. Was it the year of the pig? No. Oh. I don't know what year it was. It was like, I was still a freaking kid. Oh my gosh, not so many. (laughs) Jesus, he's bumping everywhere. Yeah. He's drunk. I'm trying to arrange my alcohol content. (laughs) Oh, oh, I see you getting the most. Okay. But no, yeah, it's freaking crazy. Cheers. All right, cheers to um, our... Cheers to the stolen pigs. Cheers to stolen pigs and uh, stolen money from our childhood. Oh, yes. My brother would borrow <coughs> money from me after New Year's. Went down the airplane. Oh. I turned that one too fast. It went down the airplane. Mm. Oh my god. Are you guys, is first sip throwing any new parties coming up? Um, probably not. You know like you're using your chopsticks backwards. I know. Yeah, because she doesn't want to contaminate it. I actually don't care, but I just get oh. worried about other people caring, so then I do it out serious? of courtesy. We're Asian. Nah. <laughs> do you not understand the Asian way of communal food eating? I know, but some people just get so, like... Germophobic. Yeah. Especially Americans. For those that don't know, um, Chinese people, or Asian people in general, 
when we sit down and eat, we always do family style. Mm-hmm. And everyone's saliva is going on every single piece, no matter what. So, no. Lord. never mind. So, technically, we've all kissed each other. I was going to say that, but okay, <laughs> you, you can say that for me. <laughs> got real weird. You Sorry. chose a better word. I was going to be like, yeah, we all made a French kiss. <laughs> No. So it's just okay. you two. Yeah. I mean, we are kind of weird. Mm-hmm. By heart, by nature. Is your fiance okay with this? Yeah, she. well, she's used to it. <laughs> I mean, I feel, I personally feel like I'm the more mature one mm-hmm. in this Triangle? Yeah, this weird triangle. I mean, like, there's, a, there's like a fighting going around. It's like how <laughs> she's technically marrying both of us. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're like a package deal. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, fuck. Oh, boy. She's so funny. Hey, I mean, you know, if that, if that is true, you know, she's got two husbands to, husbands to take care That's of. That's what I was saying. I was like, you know, when I'm on vacation, just But does she have double the alimony? Like, shit. Like, oh, hell Does her no, benefits man. come in doubles? No, only one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mine are just myself. <laughs> I know, but are you still treating her to vacations and, like... Anything that costs money, I ask him. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He's the bank account. <laughs> I'm not the bank account. <laughs> We got no money, man. <laughs> broke real weird. Yeah, I should really do an episode of like dating like Asian style versus American style because there's like mm. so many differences. No, there's a lot of differences. There's a lot of differences. Like between like, like hardcore Asians and like Asian Americans, and then ooh, like yeah, ooh, that'd be a good one. And then also just like Asians that like whatever, but like the. Do you guys know why international students wear their shoes with their heels tucked in? Have you seen that? Slippers. It's just lazy. But, like, why? I'm assuming slippers. it's lazy. Yeah, slippers. I I want to wear slippers. I'm too lazy to put it back up. And so you do that, too? No. Oh, you know. Okay. I, I do when I'm walking towards the Uber. Like, if I'm running out the door and I'm walking oh, towards the car. Squish that heel down. I'm like, all right, it's a slipper right now. It, it, it will become a slipper. But, like, in the car, I would readjust myself. I would not continue all day with that. Mm. Yeah, no, you're right, though. I've seen a lot of, like, um, especially, fre- like, you know, fresh off the boat, like, Asians. Like, they'll always wear their sneakers like that. Rain or shine. It's fucking, it triggers sleep. me. I was at the airport last weekend, <laughs> and literally everybody... International students, fobs everywhere. Slips. I mean, I would probably do that with like an old pair. Maybe an old pair. You know, if I had this pair of shoes for like you know ten years, I'm like, and it's still decent. I'm like, yeah. But I'm talking about these guys are wearing it on, on like Yeezys. On Yeezys? How do you do that on Yeezys? They just they don't care. This. Well, I mean, if you think they're about so it, rich. Yeah, they got so much money. Or it's fake. It could be fake. You know, <laughs> I, like I'm so. I'm one of those cheap Asians that I would, like, literally, like, if I had, like, a Prada bag, I would, like, just cut out that Prada logo <laughs> and just put it on, like, a Nike, a Nike flip-flop. Fuck. <laughs> Why would you do that? that makes I'm a cheap of... Asian, dude. Prada doesn't make flip-flops. Do they? Or Gucci. Gucci makes flip-flops. Is Gucci the one with the bumblebee or the wasp? Do you know the logo? That's how cheap I am, but I don't know, you don't the know? logo. Oh, okay. Gucci's like the green stripes. Yeah. Well, that is that the green, red, and black stripes. Okay. Yeah. So then the bumblebee is there. Um. <clears throat> okay. So now, what is we're gonna wrap up? What oh, is man. one last bit of advice you would give to our listeners about life, um, doing your own thing, you name it, being yourself? Um. Unfortunately, what you want to do is gonna be a lot different from what your parents want you to do. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to balance that prioritizing what you want to do and then being considerate of how they expect or want you to grow up as. as. I'm not saying you should follow completely what they want, but just also respect or understand where they're coming from. I would say that's all my advice. That's awesome. I love it. I agree with that, actually, 100%. Hell yeah. Any uh, shameless plugs you got? Anything you want to promote? Uh, Besides the Chinese, the um, festival happening on Saturday. Yeah, just come to the Argyle <clears throat> Lunar New Year's Parade on September. That's September first. Uh, Fe- <laughs> look what you guys! Look what you did! Yes, <laughs> I, I did it! I did it! I did it, guys! I, oh, 
off of you. I, I even said it slowly, so they wouldn't mess <laughs> it up. September, Saturday, February 1st. Saturday, February 1st uh-huh. at 1 p.m. Okay. And if you do show up, show up I ask you guys to show up early, stop by for a sip, get some coffee, some tea, whatever you want to keep you warm as you wait for the parade to start. Mm-hmm. And uh, does First Sip have any social media? Yes. It's all, all at First Sip Cafe. All First Sip Cafe on Facebook, Instagram. And that's it. And that's, that's it. it. And Yelp. <laughs> yes. Yes, Yelp. And Google. Oh, yes. Google Give sensei, that five-star review, guys. Yes. yes, um, yes. <clears throat> all right. With that being said, thank you all for listening. And don't forget, guys, Apple Podcasts, oh, leave a review, leave a rating. Um, and, it's you know, Check us out on Instagram. Everything the eating cast. All right, that's T H E E A T I N G C A S T. Okay, everything the eating cast. And then for our viewers and our listeners, do you have any more in there? Eh, A little bit. No, that doesn't count. Your hand. Okay, I'll do it. Okay, you do that. Yeah. Yeah, You have a lot in yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was sipping it. I wasn't really drinking. Oh Oh, shit. It's okay. There you go. All cheers. right. So, All right. <clears throat> cheers to, to our viewers and our listeners. We want to say thank you for dining with the Eden Cast, and we will catch you guys in the next one. Have a happy Lunar New Year, and thank you for season three. Thank you, thank you. Cheers. Cheers. And in Japanese fashion, goodbye. Mm. And that's a wrap. And die. Goodbye.